tonight. As we do every year on this night, we have read from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John. In it, we are asked by Jesus to do two hard things. We're commanded to love one another, and we are asked to receive the love of God. And one of these things is far more difficult than the other. Let's begin with the command. John tells us that not only is this Jesus last night, but that Jesus knows that to be the case. So his words and his actions recorded in the 13th chapter take on an even greater significance as last words often do. I'm reminded of the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, which contains the final words of Moses spoken to the people of Israel just before he sends them into the promised land, knowing that he will die without having crossed the Jordan with them. There's an urgency in his voice as he struggles to communicate what is most important and what is most necessary. Basically, his message can be summed up with three words, remember and don't forget. In the same way, for Jesus, on this night, his time with the disciples is nearly over, and he must distill all of his teachings and everything that is on his heart, the sum of what he came to show, down to that which is most important and most necessary. Jesus speaks tonight to the disciples with the urgency of Moses and with the tenderness of a Savior. He said, little children, I am with you only a little longer, so I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. His message is straightforward and clear, and like Moses, it is just three words, love one another. But you may be wondering, is that even new? As Jesus says, I give you a new command. As far back in the Old Testament as the book of Leviticus, we have been commanded to love one another. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. When asked which commandment of the law is the greatest, Jesus himself identified this one. So the command to love is really nothing new at all. What is new, however, is the nature of such love. In the act of washing the feet of his disciples, Jesus gives love its fullest expression aside from the sacrifice on the cross. After he finished washing their feet, to be certain that the disciples understood, he asked them, do you know what I have done to you? Without waiting for an answer, Jesus explained, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet for I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, 
Servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. There are three things, three things about the nature of love that we are commanded to show one another. One, love is humble. It is not proud. It is not arrogant. It is not superior or self-important. Love is blind to status and social standing and power and money and education and race. Love makes no distinction between what car you drive or which community you live in or where you work or who you know. Love is dropping to your knees for someone, for anyone, without regard for who is greater. Love is humble. Two, love is using your God-given gifts in service to others. In his sermon on John 13, preached on the Thursday before Easter, Martin Luther said, It is evident that our Lord, by his action in the gospel, did not intend to teach us the outward washing of feet, which is done by means of water. He simply gave us, by his example, an important lesson, that we should properly employ the gifts and the graces which we have to the advantage of our brethren. And he went on to say, in short, if you enjoy a particular blessing and gift which your fellow man has not, employ these to his benefit, no matter who you are or what your position in life may be. Be not arrogant and despise not him who is less gifted than you are. This is the proper feet washing which God commanded us to observe. Love is using your God-given gifts in service to others. And three, love excuses the shortcomings of others. It is not insignificant that all during the foot washing, Judas was distracted by the temptation of 30 pieces of silver for the deed of betraying his Lord. It is also not insignificant that Jesus knew exactly what Judas was up to. And nevertheless, he knelt down before him and he took his dirty feet into his holy hands and he washed them in the basin and he dried them with a towel. While Jesus most certainly was deeply saddened by the very thought of his betrayal having been secured for 30 pieces of silver by one of his own, he sets for us an example of love that has the capacity to forgive even the most egregious act. Love excuses the shortcomings of others. So that's the first hard thing. We're commanded to love one another with a love that is humble and generous of spirit and forgiving. And we all know loving like that is not always easy. 
We are flawed and imperfect. We are tempted and distracted. And sometimes we are just plain too tired to love like that. But still, it is far easier to love one another than the second hard thing asked of us tonight. When Jesus came before Peter to wash his feet, Peter declined. He resisted. He said, you will never wash my feet. First of all, let's be clear for Peter, it wasn't about the feet. And it wasn't about the washing. It was about something far more fundamental and familiar. It was about Peter's unwillingness to stand before God in a state of need. It was about his unwillingness to be exposed before God, to be vulnerable before God, to admit before God that he could not, by his own power or effort, do for himself what Jesus was about to do. It was about his unwillingness to give up the pretense of independence and self-sufficiency. So now I ask you, what do you think? Is it easier for you to love others or to acknowledge your need for and your complete dependence upon Jesus? Before you answer, let's remember that we are a strong, resilient, capable, smart, creative, confident, successful, high-achieving people, right? And yet, before God, the truth of this night is that we are beggars, all of us. We are beggars starving for what God alone can give and too proud to admit it. Jesus said to Peter, unless I wash you, you will have no part in me. He was speaking, of course, about the washing from sin by his blood shed upon the cross. This is a washing that none of us can do. Only the Lamb of God who bore the sin of the world can satisfy our deepest need. Peter's stubborn refusal is evidence of simple human pride. I can do it myself. I want to do it myself. I'm fine, it's okay, I'm good. To stand before God Almighty in a state of need and receive what we cannot give ourselves requires a significant shift in the way we see ourselves. We have to acknowledge our need and that does not come easily. In a few minutes, you will be invited to be fed from this table. All who are hungry are welcome. There's room for all who thirst. All who are in need, come. Come with your outstretched and the empty hands of beggars. Come and receive the love of God which has been poured out for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.